How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish, hanging out today till 9 o'clock right here on 670 The Score. We're broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Hub, good to have you on tonight. It is great to be here. I've been looking forward to this for the last few days because I try and listen to the station I work at, and some of what is being reported or called by fans or whatever is just so ridiculous at this point. I don't understand it. So hopefully we can get everybody straight tonight and, yeah, that's and, and make everybody feel a little better about where things are going because I think they've done some good things in the last few days. Of course, talking about the Chicago Bears. Uh, yeah, I think I think what has people most up in arms, Hub, obviously is the, you know, watching the playoffs over the weekend, right? People seeing, you know, everything that's going on and seeing, you know, like I had, I was on with Marshall Harris Monday morning and he was saying how, you know, this is the best, um, coaching class free agency that he's seen in his lifetime. And so that's why he was a little up in arms about maybe the bears not exploring things, but you know, you and I, we've been doing shows together for a while now and we've both said like, Hey, Hey, I get it. Right. Like I get the, the uproar and the anger, but when you look at it on a macro level and you see what the, what coach Eberflus is doing, how he has the locker room, everything that Ryan Poles was saying in his press conference about Flus, it was there for you to see and and so having a, a difference of opinion to think that someone would then have an avalanche of negativity to come in and sweep him out, not necessarily not necessarily the case, nor did it happen. I was there in the room. I thought that all three of them, Kevin Warren, Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, handled themselves very well. I agree with pretty much everything that they said and did based on the facts, you know, of what actually has happened of what doing a rebuild is all about. And, and I don't expect everybody to agree or disagree with me or anybody else, but the one thing I can't understand is this irate fury about not calling Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Jim's a good friend of mine. I was the radio broadcaster, the color commentator, when he was the Bears quarterback. Oh, wow. And, and we both went to the same school, although I was there before him, obviously. <laughs> and, 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 you know, we talk occasionally. And I can tell you, if you're not hiring a new coach, which they weren't doing, why call Jim Harpa? I mean, either you're hiring another coach or you're not. You know, it's, none of this conversation makes a lot of sense to me. You know, fans think that Jim Harpa is a great coach. I agree. He is a great coach. Would you like to have him as the Bears coach? I would, too. I just don't think Flus deserves to be fired off what's happened in the last two years. He wasn't going to be fired. So what's the point of calling Jim Harbaugh? Yeah, a lot of people, uh, you know, feeling that way. Maybe, maybe because it was Hub that you know they just wanted the Bears to just like kick the tires on something. 
I guess, but that's not the way the NFL works, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and the other problem with it is, as I said, Jim's a good friend. I think he enjoys interviewing more than he enjoys taking jobs, and, and he'll talk to anybody. He's going to go everywhere where they want to talk to him. What I'm hearing today most is that at this point, he's leaning more towards working out staying at Michigan than going back to the NFL, which really surprises me because I know he wants to win a Super Bowl. Hmm. And, and I thought winning the national championship would be enough to say, okay, now i got to go win the other one. But everything I've heard the last couple of days is that he's really more focused on trying to work something out with Michigan. Yeah, I really tried to put myself in his shoes over the last 24 hours when, like, reading the articles, seeing everything that's out there. And I'm like, man, if I was Jim Harbaugh and I was at Michigan, okay, I, I led my team 15-0, got the national championship. I'm like, and I was thinking about it like a regular job, right? Like, they, they say the new contract, you know, 11 and a half million, six years. That's what it's supposed to be. And I'm thinking, like, all right, if I got millions and millions of dollars, right, I'm not, it's not like a regular job where you're fighting for an extra 10, 20K, right? It's, it's an extra million, and you're like, okay, but you got me. And then you, then you think about the allure of going to the NFL. And like you said, winning the NF, winning a, a, a Super Bowl, especially with what's going on right there. But you could tarnish your legacy, right? You could go to a team, it not work out, and then, you know, the, 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 you got to go back to college or something like that. So then you say to yourself, well, yeah, if I can just, you know, I'm, I'm 60, if I could just, you know, do a couple more years and go ahead and do that, then, you know. Well, and the other part about it is that with what he, they accomplished this year, irrespective of what happens with these investigations, they haven't even started yet. (laughs) You know, I mean, they can now control college football for another five, 10 years if he stays. I mean, he is being treated as the best coach in the world. Every recruit he wants is going to listen to him. The pick of the litter and and and, uh, the transfer portal. They're the defending champions. I mean, there's nothing bad for him about staying in Michigan, including the $125 million they've offered him. You know, so it's just, it's kind of a crazy time. Uh, And, but I guess it's just the way both the NFL and college football and media are all working these days. Everything's changing on us and people are trying to get back to what they think is the best way to handle things. And, and all fans want is what they want. You know, they don't necessarily want what's best. They want what they think is best. <laughs> and, and that's the reason that they're fans and not coaches or whatever. So it'll all work itself out. And, and I'm just really anxious to see the decision they make with that number one overall pick. I think everybody's focused on the wrong thing. All that matters right now is what they do with that number one overall pick. And I think it would be a huge mistake not to trade it and, and, because it gives them so many more options they have so much more need, and they can still get a great quarterback in the first round. Maybe not Caleb Williams, obviously, if you don't take him in number one. And I have nothing against Caleb Williams. I have nothing negative to say about him. I just know a little bit about NFL history. And rarely does the number one overall quarterback turn out to be the guy. You know, you can get him later in the first round. You can get him in the sixth round. You can get him in the seventh round. They can get so much for that pick right now, and they still have so much more that they need that I think it would be crazy not to trade it. Yeah, uh, Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arcus here on 670 The Score. I, I look at the number one pick, and I mean, I, I to me, the, the interesting part is the, is what you can get for it, right, when you're weighing it up against the Caleb Williams. And I'm I'm still here saying, you know, to, to only the number two. I know you don't mind going down a little bit further, but for me, I'm just like, I, I, don't, I just think to myself, like, you think about a guy like Caleb Williams. Let's say, just, let's say they do draft him. It's going to, like, everyone – He's going to come into a very negative situation, right? Like, people are going to trash him from the very beginning. Half the city, at least, let's just say, right? Half of them brace him. But just that alone scares me, 
right? So my thing is, so that's one thing. But the other part of it, like you mentioned, is just the draft capital that you get to to continue to build your team. But but you t- tell me more about the Justin Fields thing because I know you really do like and want to continue to to have Justin on the team, right? Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. trade him. I, I would trade the number one pick. I would not trade Justin Fields. I be, and I would take a quarterback in the first round, most likely, because you're going to have various places where you can do that, sure. depending on which quarterback you like. And and it just it gives you so much more, you know, assets and, and so many more ways to more quickly build this team to where everybody wants it, to competing for a playoff spot in 2024. And, and they can with all that they could add by trading that pick, you, you know, I look at what they're doing. I can't even remember the guy's name, but the, but the, the, the number two quarterback. Drake May. No, I'm talking oh. about with the Detroit, uh, not that, uh, the New Orleans Saints. Oh, it, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Can you see using, you know, Justin Fields that way with a true number one passing quarterback to boot? And, and, and then if he doesn't want to stay after the first year because he wants to be a quarterback, that's fine. But but there's all kinds of great options here, and nobody wants all those great options. They just want the one that they think is magic, and the one that they think is magic is not taking Caleb Williams with the number one overall pick. Yeah, seeing Justin Fields, you know, I love that he's a leader. I love that he wants to be a part of the team. I wonder, you know, a lot of people. I was on the like I'm on Instagram a lot, right? So I'm looking at all these posts from the score and you know everything, and and. You see, the uh, I think it was Chicago History. It's a big, big one in Chicago. It's Chicago History, and they put up a fake quote from Caleb Williams. It said, like, I'd love to be, a, or I'd be honored to be a Chicago Bear or something like that. And everyone in the comments is just like, Fields is my quarterback. Fields is my quarterback. Fields is my quarterback, as if they want no one else. And that, to me, is, is the issue, because the, to have that level of believability in Justin Fields is, is equally as lucrative as me believing that a Drake May can be better than Justin Fields, where most people are like, oh, okay, that's asinine. He's, he went to North Carolina, which we heard from Dane Brugler yesterday, don't scout the helmet, uh, NFL draft analyst, right? Uh, but but you think I'm delusional. People think you're delusional for thinking anything, mm-hmm. right? well, regardless of what it is, right? That's the, that's the funny part about where we're at with this. With it. we, it's, it's almost as if there's too much to play with, too many toys in the room, and no one knows which one to grab or which one is the best. You know, Kevin Warren... And, and Ryan Poles have only one priority, and they should have only one priority, win Super Bowls. That's what matters. Not which quarterback you take, not what you do with Justin Fields, none of this. Win Super Bowls. And, and they still have not nearly as much work to do as they did one year ago today, but still a fair amount of work to do. They need assets. And by just using that number one pick and taking that risk, even if Caleb Williams turns out to be the, the franchise quarterback, you still haven't gotten as much as you could. You, you know, and, and that's kind of how I see it. And I'm pretty sure that's how Ryan Poles is seeing it right now because he just did it a year ago. And look how it turned out. Yeah, I have no problem with Justin starting week one with a quarterback behind him. Like, that has, I have no problem with that, especially if the team's a little bit better and, you know, things like that. That doesn't bother me because then, as, as you say, you know, it, it is le- leading your team in the direction of a Super Bowl, right? While you're adding assets around him, what do those assets look like to you? And not, 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 not actual draft picks and such, but you know, what are the what do they turn into? Who are who are what are those pieces that then turn them into a Super Bowl contender? Well, I mean, if if you if you trade for two or three, you get the best wide receiver, you know, in college football. But it is one of the best wide receiver classes I can remember seeing, and I've been studying, you know, the draft. I was part of creating when the draft became 
public, you know, this goes back 40 plus years. <laughs> and so I know. Wait, little, wait, wait, the draft was a secret before? It wasn't a secret, oh, oh. but but fans didn't talk about it. Fans didn't know until the day of the draft and they didn't know what they were getting the day oh. they got. But but we at Pro Football Weekly started creating all this draft analysis and all this player analysis. And Joel Buxbaum was the guy. And, and, and you know, again, that was 40 years ago. And, you know, the one thing you know about the draft, you get, what, seven picks? If half of them become NFL players, you're successful. It's a win. You know, and so to build everything around one pick, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's not the way to approach, you know, building a, a winning organization. Somebody's got to explain to me, why is nobody talking about the Philadelphia Eagles right now? Because I've never seen in my 45 years of doing this what happened to the Philadelphia Eagles this year happened before. And that's how quickly it can go south on you. It's not about one draft pick. It's not about one player or four players or five players. It, it is building your franchise, your entire 53-man roster, using as many of your picks as possible as you can and getting as many valuable picks as you can. And definitely Howie Roseman did that uh, and over the last couple of seasons, yeah. building his team. And we, we've seen that. I think there's definitely plenty of disappointment uh, surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles the collapse is was is is epic. <laughs> I mean, when you watch it and you see the faces on the sideline, I can't wait for Kelsey to talk because you know he's going to every time. Once he actually officially retires and he gets to go on somewhere, then he's gonna, you know. And if Nick Sirianni gets fired, as most people are saying, just because of whatever's going on in the locker room, that they have to move on from him. And, and Layla Rahimi actually said something interesting uh, when we were talking about this a couple of days ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. She said, remember, let's not forget, they, they fired Doug Peterson <laughs> right after the Super Bowl, right? So the, it's not as though they, they, they don't have a, a quick trigger in Philadelphia. But the thing that is so wild about the Eagles is that seven weeks ago, they were 10-1. and one. Yeah. It's not like they had a bad offseason, or we can say they built the roster wrong. They were 10-1. and one. And now to lose six or seven games with what I thought was the best team in the NFL— maybe it's still—I don't know. You know, it just, I, I, I've never seen anything like this so hard— to understand or explain. Especially when you're losing to the Giants, the Cardinals, now Tampa Bay, what some consider the worst division in football in the playoffs, even those, you know, at Tampa. Baker Mayfield's still a player, but it's it's still when you watch the game, you saw how it played out, it definitely looked like, man, you you there was some concern there for for that team. But you know they can reload, mm-hmm. right? Because those are the expectations. That's the culture. That's what what they do in Philadelphia is they they know how to do that. And I think the Bears are trying to get to that place. And hopefully they can get there sooner than later. But I definitely trust Ryan Poles to get us there. I would love a wide receiver hub. Uh, I would love – I know people like the tackles, but I would love, you know, two more offensive linemen, one via free agency, one via the draft. I'm talking about high-caliber players. Um, still got to – you know, because what they, what they did the, over the last two years was add talent, and now, they, now they're in the position to add a little more talent but depth. But talent to depth. There's nothing wrong with that, right? And, you know, the Bears used to have that back in the day, and it would be good – what do you think the identity of the Bears is, huh? real quick, before we go to the break? I'm trying to figure that out. I've been trying to figure that out. Who are they, right? Because in the middle of the season, you saw like a Dante Foreman, Tyson Bajant run the ball a lot, and then play action pass, third and shorts, kind of get that. Then, you know, at other points in the season, it was, hey, let's try to pass the ball because Khalil, Her- Khalil Herbert wasn't necessarily playing well when he came back from injury. And then, you know, the last game, Khalil Herbert, last, uh, second to last game, Khalil Herbert's 100 yards, you start feeling good about them. But I'm not, I, I, I can't seem to grasp the identity of, of the Bears nor the offense. You know, from talking to people around the NFL, other, you know, GMs and, and coaches and whatever, the identity of the Bears is that they've had a very positive 
basically year one of a rebuild because last year was a teardown. It wasn't a rebuild. They, they were they emptied the, the ship. They traded all their good talent. They got you know what picks they could. And this year was the first year of the rebuild. And to more than double your wins, that's not even important. The talent that they've added. You look at the roster now and you look at, at, at what they have to work with, guys who are going to be part of the next playoff team. They've had a very good year, both via free agency and the draft, in last year's draft, to give them credit for it, too. As near as I can tell, the only actual mistake that Ryan Poles has made yet was Chase Claypool. What other mistake has he made? What what else has he done wrong that, that nobody trusts him all of a sudden? You know, Bayless Jones Jr. <laughs> Maybe, no, no, no. I'm just I'm I'm throwing that in because yeah. I agree with you. I'm just throwing that. But in. I mean, that's a draft pick. You're yeah. going to miss on this right. once in a while, and we're not positive they've missed on that yet. But but I mean, I think this guy for a 38 year old general manager has had a really good first year and a half, and and so I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on the decisions he's making right now. Now, if some of these don't work out, then he's going to be judged by that fairly, and we'll see. But based on what we know so far, I'm pretty excited that Ryan Poles is the Bears GM right yeah, now. Yeah, I think all of us, or you and I, I should say, uh, agree with uh, Kevin Warren and, and um, McCaskey by saying, hey, keep shooting your shot, right? Because that's what they told him. One other thing that, that's really important to me, because I just don't think the guy's been treated fairly, Matt Eberflus, look at the job he did the fifth week of the season on turning that defense around yeah. and making it like a top five, top ten, whatever you want to call it. Look at the job he did with the two assistant coaches he lost. None of those things had anything to do with football. Those were off-the-field incidents, yeah. which are wrong. You know, And he's the head coach. He's got to take responsibility. But I don't think when he was interviewing these guys for coaching jobs, he was worried about what, what they were going to do with their personal lives. You know? and, right. and, so, and that's what people want to hang him for, and it makes no sense. The job he's done as a coach this year is very impressive. Yeah. And, and so I think at least one more year to see if he can have another year where he you know, exceeds that way. I don't, I don't know if he's going to or not. I don't love Ryan Eberflus as a coach. I just can't believe how unfairly I think he's been treated this year and how people want to ignore all the good things that he's gotten done and where he's put this team going into the first full year two of the rebuild because I think they go into it in pretty good shape and will go into it in that much better shape if – they trade that number one pick. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see. We're going to be following it closely. All updates can be heard here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Hub Arkish. Coming up next, we get to talk to Jason Fitz, Yahoo Sports NFL insider. Uh, what does he think about the Bears keeping uh, Matt Eberflus? Does he think that they should kick the tires on a guy like John Harbaugh? We'll talk to Jason Fitz next right here on 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. show Jason and I ever worked on together he walked out when I walked out onto the set Jason was sitting there and he had two of the monster energy drink cans and then on top of that he had two five-hour energies and he drank them all in like the 15 minutes before we went on air <laughs> go Joe and go like FCC might be hitting him up short you know <laughs> it's Gabe Ramirez Hub Arcus. Here on 670 Score, hanging out till 9 o'clock. And we get to talk to him right now, man. This is the guy joining us. Uh, last time we chatted, we had a great one. Now we get to talk on the guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois about the Bears and the playoffs. Of course, we're talking about Yahoo Sports' very own Jason Fitz. Jason, good to talk to you again. Well, good to talk to you, too. And, yeah, Gojo always lays that out there for me. But he still – I tell him – I remind him constantly. When I was out on the road with the band Perry at one point, I was like, man, my stomach's kind of bothering me. One of our tour guys was like, well, what did you eat yesterday? So I laid it all out because it's been like three days in a row. And they were like, what do you drink? And then we realized that I was drinking a case of sugar-free Red Bull a day. And somebody was like, I don't think you're supposed to drink that much. Like, I just drink caffeine from the time I'm up. to the, But here's the fun twist in the story. I gave it up cold turkey because everybody said it was bad for me. Never had a caffeine headache. Didn't feel any better. Didn't feel that. any worse. So I just brought caffeine back. My insides are dead, boys. That's what we've learned. My insides are dead. <laughs> That's what it is. But I, I could imagine that the, the violin plan was just amazing when you were having a couple of those. That's been great. I mean, look, I've never met a classically trained musician like I was. It wasn't a little ahead of the beat. Like, I got no soul. So, you know, like, like there's no no Stevie Wonder. It's like a brilliant example of somebody on the backside of the beat. That was never me. So, yeah, you're right. Always a little ahead. Jason Fitz joining us here on 670 The Score. Uh, let Let's start before we get into the playoffs. Let's let's start with the with the Bears and just your your outside opinion on the Bears keeping Coach Eberflus uh, with the coaching class that's out there right now, Jason. I think the problem is, uh, look, I, I never I don't like change for the sake of change. Let me say that loudly. And as a Raiders fan, I've seen so many bad head coaches. I understand not one going to the well uh, over and over and over again. That being said you got to have the system in place for that number one pick. The only thing that I – like, I, I cannot scream this loud enough. Organizations ruin players far more often than players ruin organizations. 
So what they need to do right now as an organization is sit down and say, how are we going to insulate the number one overall pick to make sure that the number one overall pick can be as successful as possible from day one? That's all that matters. My fear with Iberflus coming in is that if he comes in and in year one it looks okay or doesn't look great, and then you make a coaching change and all of a sudden you're in this situation where now guys learning a new offense in year two, like how do you avoid that? And this is the moment to avoid that. So if the Bears love Iberflus, then love him for three years with this new number one overall pick. And I don't know that you can say that about him right now. So I'm a little surprised that he's there, but if he's going to be there, man, like this is that moment where you got to put a ring on it and commit to him for the next several years because that's the only chance your quarterback's going to have. You know, Jason, what's interesting, though, is that I'm not sure that they're not going to trade that number one pick again, and I am sure that they should in terms of where they're at in their rebuild and, and what it could do for them. And, and you know, I, I know that everybody is basing it on, well, if they have the number one pick and they take Caleb Williams or take May or whoever, that, that that's all that matters. I don't think that's what they're thinking right now. I, they're evaluating their entire first full year of a rebuild and what's the best way to go. And I still think there's a very good chance that they're going to trade that pick again. So here's where this gets interesting, because I respect you all so much being in that market and knowing from the outside looking in, I would not trade the pick. But I would tell you this. Here's what you got to do. You got to look in the mirror and be real honest with yourself, because no matter what you do, you got to be confident in doing it. And that means because you're right. I think where the Bears are in this is what's interesting to me about this. They're in win win. They're either going to get, I think, a historic return for the first overall pick. And I do mean historic. I think they will get the likes we have never seen to move up to the first overall pick. If they are going to get a historic return, then that changes the future of your franchise forever. If you're going to get Caleb Williams or Drake May, I think that changes the franchise forever. So you just have to be really confident in which portion of it you're doing. But part of this is supply and demand, y'all. Like there are too many teams right now picking in the top 15 that desperately need quarterbacks and the top three picks are all going to be teams that could take a quarterback themselves. So because of supply and demand, I think you could end up seeing three, four first rounders go just to move up to number one. That <clears throat> I had to cough at that one. Cause that sounds great. As from a bears fans perspective, you love hearing things like that. If you are going to move on uh, from that pick, we're talking to Jason Fitz from Yahoo sports here on six seventy. the score, Gabe Ramirez along with hub Arcus. A lot of people in Chicago, you know, they want Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, to give Justin Fields that second weapon. Would you be confident that Justin Fields can get them the ball and elevate his game with that with that weapon uh, attached to him? Well, here's where it's win-win. Yes, I do think that Justin, by the way, I, I thought, you know, and, and a little biased here because I worked with Sarah Spain, you know, every day for years Love of my Sarah. life. So, uh, you know, certainly watching that draft and covering that draft with, uh, with ESPN, when Justin Fields was picked, uh, just to be transparent, my text to Sarah while I was live on a live stream was, holy, you know what, you guys just got a guy. Like, I, I was high on Justin Fields coming out. Here's what I'd say about picking Marvin Harrison Jr. there. By the way, I'm a bullet in the cough award voter, which I'm really proud of. The number that sticks out when you watch his film this year is zero. That's how many uh, drops Marvin Harrison Jr. had this year. Zero. Literally oh my none. God. I didn't, know, didn't, I didn't know that. drop a ball the entire year and you think about what that means when they were when they were integrating a new quarterback and they were trying to figure out their offense didn't matter to Marvin like when if you get Marvin Harrison Jr. what you get is an immediate playmaker and now here's the advantage for the Bears if you're going to trade and you're going to put yourself in a situation where you have equity in next year's draft you've given yourself a bit of a win-win because you'll have a wide receiver one and a wide receiver one a if it doesn't work with fields 
you can't tell me that that's not an enviable position for a quarterback to be drafted into next year. That's where patience wins. Nobody cares about two years from now, but I mean, my God, that's where patience wins. If you take, if you believe that you can win with Justin Fields, certainly you give yourself a better chance to prove that by drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. And you put yourself in a better situation next year to be able to integrate a quarterback if it doesn't work for Fields that will give you an immediate uh, ability to contend. You know, I keep hearing people on the on the Justin Fields side saying, well, but he played so much better in the second half of the season. Did they watch the games? Because he didn't. I mean, you know, he, he has still not shown anything to suggest that he's an NFL passer. He's definitely an NFL athlete. He's definitely a great runner. He's definitely a great young man. I understand all the positive about him, but what we're talking about is that you're going to give up by not trading the pick, you know, a, a lifetime worth of value for a guy who after three full seasons still hasn't shown that he's an NFL passer. And, and that's the part that troubles me so much. Yeah. And, and by the way, to your point, we live in a red zone society where I think there's <laughs> yes. a lot of people that sit back and talk about games And I'm not trying to be mean to my peers, but there's a lot of uh, people that simply they read the stat line, they watch the red zone highlights, they spend 10 minutes looking at the game, and they're like, there we go, Justin Fields looked great. And it's not that simple. Like You're talking about a quarterback that has been slow to get to his second read, and I've talked to quarterbacks about this. Like, I'm not going to sit here, I'm a 5'9 fiddle player. What do I know about getting through reads, right? So what I do is I talk to as many people that played the game, wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, that either play or play the game and ask them. And the number of times I hear, man, he's got to process faster. He's got to work on getting his footwork reset. Here's what we do with athletic quarterbacks. We look at athletic quarterbacks and their highlights, and we think, oh, this guy's a savior. I don't think in the modern NFL it's about just being an athletic quarterback. I think you have to be a quarterback capable of executing the offense that's in front of you and then also be athletic enough to make seven or eight plays a game that are off script that save your offense. That's what the Mahomes are doing. That's what the Josh Allens are doing. That's what we even, you know, we saw, uh, we saw several over the weekend. The quarterbacks that played well were the quarterbacks that were able to do that, right? And so I think that that's part of this conversation. It's like I, we get so obsessed with, oh, but look at this one run. But what we're not looking at is, okay, but then look at the other 18 to 20 plays that were perfect dropbacks, perfect reads at the perfect time to a perfect throw. That's what Lamar is doing. That's what Josh is doing. That's what Burrow's done forever. That's what Mahomes is doing. The difference is they can also make moves uh, with their legs and they can save bad plays. Fields has shown he can save bad plays, but at some point you've got to be able to make the plays on schedule, which, by the way, y'all, I will say in fairness, I've talked to three different people I think are pretty smart, and they've said one of the – one of the complications with Caleb Williams is you see these beautiful plays, but then you go back and watch the tape and you say, well, why did it have to be that hard? The first read was there for him. Why didn't he see it? So that's just a reminder that I'm not sure anybody knows until guys get into this situation. Can they execute the offense and make the plays off schedule? Now I know we are on the same page because I got to tell you, Tom Brady wasn't a great athlete. Wasn't even a good athlete. He is the greatest quarterback of all time. And so being a good athlete is a great thing for a quarterback, but it's the mental acuity. It's the understanding of the game. It's the reading of the football field. It's the things that have troubled Justin Fields the most that have slowed down his first three years. And again, he's such a special athlete and a great kid. I'd love to see it work out for him in Chicago, but that's why I have very serious doubts he's ever going to be a franchise quarterback. And that's why you've got to find – Somebody, if you're keeping Justin Fields, you got to find a quarterback whisperer. You got to find a teacher. 
right? And look at what we're seeing from Baker, the progression. If you, if you go back and you watch the, the game over the weekend from Baker, his ability to quickly get to his second read and make great throws was there, right? We all saw it. It was beautiful. But I'll also challenge, go back and watch week 18 against the, the Panthers, who were an abject disaster, and Baker looked bad. Now, I know he was hurt, but that plays into this. Like, how do you find somebody that can teach these guys – Incompetently to make them the best version of themselves. Like you just, you need, and, and miss me with Greg Roman being that guy. Like you need, if you're going to start talking about offensive coordinators that are going to come in and save this team, you need an offensive coordinator that can sit there and communicate in a way that Justin Fields feels more confident in his growth. You need a great team. You need a brilliant offensive teacher to come in and try and maximize the skill set of who he is. We're talking to Jason Fitz from Yahoo Sports here on 670. The score, he brought up Baker Mayfield. I mean, geez, I remember last year when he came and played for the Rams. A couple of games off the street and was just slicing people up. Didn't even know anything. Knew, knew no plays and was just throwing touchdowns, winning games in the final seconds. It was – I lost money on that game. That's why I remember. Um, but, <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Uh, and then Tom Brady is funny. I just wanted to mention you say you're not a great athlete, but I just just watching the video of him and Michael Jordan, the old one, uh, when they're on the – they're like on a beach somewhere just beating some kids up in two-on-two. He looked like a decent. He looked like a decent athlete right there, uh, Jason. Let, let me. You know, we talked about holding ball. We talked about you know the things that Justin Fields doesn't do well. And I look at a guy like C.J. Stroud, right? Even his last game in the playoffs against the Cleveland Browns, he did something that Justin Fields has never done: a game with no interceptions and no sacks. Right? It's like those things like that. You know, they 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 do this thing with Justin with like the two hundred, right? Two touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero sacks. Something that he's he's yet to do. Something that he's he's trying to do. But it's like, isn't that like such a low bar? Right, like, shouldn't that be something that you do if you're trying to be a team that's competing at that high level? That should be something that you should be doing. And to your point, Jason, you know that's why you, you know that's why it's it's so tantalizing to go out and get someone that could potentially be, you know, that game changer. Because when you're looking at the playoffs, I mean, you know, the, the last eight quarterbacks that are there, you know, I, I would tell anybody this, Jason. I said, look at the 14 teams in the quarterback. The top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL are in the playoffs, and more often than not, they are. Um, but with the playoffs looming and, and everything that's going on, did it, what what was the most shocking for you uh, this weekend? By the way, I think your your point on quarterbacks is really a smart one, and I'll say quickly on it. You got to look in the mirror, right? Because the 49ers decided we don't care about quarterback; we care about everything else. And if you're going to go that way, you got to have somebody in place for six years, like they had for Shanahan and Kyle Lynch, right? Like or John Lynch, I should say, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think that's part of it, right? Like. They built a different way. Everybody else, man, I wake up, I am scared. I am scared as a Raiders fan because I know twice a year I'm going to take on Mahomes. Mm. Frankly, I know twice a year I'm going to take on Herbert. Even if his coaches are an abject disaster, he's always very good. So I think your point on quarterbacks is is a really good one. The, the C.J. Stroud carving up the Browns way did, I think, was shocking. I mean, I've covered college football for years, and I love C.J. coming out. I was there for his uh, champion, his playoff game with Harry Douglas. We were doing a live radio show at the time for ESPN, and we both looked at each other as he was running around the field, and we said, man, my boy made some money tonight because <laughs> you could tell he was showing it, right? Yes. And, like, I loved that because the coaches really let him go. And I talked to somebody in his camp. Uh, right after that game, and I asked, why? Why did we see that then? And he said, man, everybody hears the noise. NFL scouts saying we want to see him be more athletic. Well, he went out and showed he can do that. But what did he show against Cleveland? He showed that pre-snap, he knows what's coming before it happens. There wasn't an adjustment Cleveland made that surprised him. Against the number one passing defense in the league, he was one step ahead 
the entire time. So now you got a guy that, by the way, was only hit once in the entire game. One quarterback hit for Cleveland in that wow. entire game. So he only hit once. He climbed the pocket beautifully. He found his reads perfectly. Like, he played chess. And that's, I think, what we, to, to the point of what you're looking for in a quarterback, you're looking for somebody that can climb, somebody that can dissect, somebody that knows what's happening before the snap. Like, all of these things. I mean, right now, the way CJ's playing, God, he looks like a top five quarterback. I, that's real. That's very real. It'd be hard to argue uh, against anything other than that he's just playing lights out. And I know Bears fans are looking at him, and they just hope that Justin Fields one day, if the Bears keep him, can be that. Jason, I appreciate you jumping on, man. Great stuff, as always. Look forward to talking to you again soon, all right? Yo, anytime for you, boys. Appreciate you. Have a great week. Of course, Jason Fitz. Follow Thank him you. on Twitter, at Jason Fitz, Yahoo Sports, very own. Ugh. It's interesting. Like I said, I love the fact, Hub, that he said, you know, hey, man, this is me looking from the outside in, and he, because we do have a unique perspective. We are living it, and a lot of, a lot of people – are doing what he said, watching the highlights and looking at the box score. I I can't. I've lived in Chicago my entire life, and I cannot understand the love affair with Justin Fields from people who have never met him or don't know him. I have met him. I know him, and I and I love him. He, he's a great young man. Right. But as a football player, what have they seen that has everybody so crazy about this? The rushing for 1,100 yards last year? Yeah, that was great, and he's a very good runner. But that's not a quarterback's job. <laughs> you know, that, that's not what you're looking for in your franchise quarterback. And, you know, the other thing he mentioned, which I just have to throw in here because it's been bugging me for three days now. The craziest thing about the first weekend of the playoffs, the Cleveland Browns were the number one rated defense in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. The Dallas Cowboys were the number five rated defense in the NFL. And they both gave up 40-plus points in the first round. How does that happen? Well, in one, I understand. C.J. Stroud apparently is that kind of quarterback. He's had that kind of year. But, you know, Jordan Love, not yet. <laughs> you know, I'm not ready for that. I don't get how those defenses completely fell apart after being the best in the league for, for 18 weeks. Yeah, I want to talk a couple of playoffs with you a little bit more on the other side because I'm curious who you think, with the eight teams remaining, is going to end up on top at the end of the year. Who do you think? Uh, you can text in 312-644-6767. Habarkas should let you know who he thinks We'll end up on top at year's end. We'll talk about it next. It's Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arcus, right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry, 
at the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's leading ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. And anytime you get down here, you have to be alert for Justin Fields' yes. legs. They can be lethal in the red zone. Trent Taylor in motion. There, there is Fields in his legs. Dances outside. Stretches. Touchdown, Justin Fields. It's Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arcus here on 670 The Score. Shout out CBS for the highlight right there. Reminding us that Justin Fields does have moments, but most quarterbacks do throughout the course of a season. Uh, but what do the quarterbacks do in the playoffs uh, and the ones that are left, that is? And who do we think uh, can be standing tall at the very end? Hub, you know, we were talking about some games earlier and, you know, during the commercial break, right? Green Bay just, you know, they – I mean, you, you see the score and it looks like Green Bay dominated, but Dallas really had a very bad first half mm-hmm. that that kind of led to that and it kind of just snowballed afterwards. Um, Kansas City, Miami, same thing. I felt like – you know, if you if, again, if you watch the box score or if you look at the box score and see some highlights, you might come up with a different narrative. But if you watch the game, Miami's defense actually played pretty well, held them to a bunch of field goals. Miami just couldn't convert with six starters out with injuries. Right. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's what good teams do. And yet it didn't work out well. Obviously, Kansas City was the better team. No question about it. they're the defending champs. You know, you know that. But but when you see that stuff, which is what the Bears are trying to build towards now, rebuild towards the, and you compare where they're at right now to where those teams are at, there is no comparison. But that's where, you know, we hope that they'll be next this season, this yeah. coming season. You know? What they most certainly want to be. Uh, so the eight, eight teams that are left, Hub, you got uh, Baltimore taking on Houston. You got Buffalo going up against KC, San Fran Green Bay, Detroit, Tampa Bay. Who, who do you think, before we get to a winner, who, who do you think makes their way to the Super Bowl from each respective division? Well, at, at the start of the year, I had the 49ers and the Ravens. Really? Yeah, not because I'm usually wrong about oh, this. You know? I was like, you should have laid some money on that. That would have been great. Yeah, I, I don't bet. I hate the losing more than I enjoy You should have texted so me, then I could have. Um, no, I, I just thought they were the best teams going into the season. I'm not saying that they were going to be in the Super Bowl. But now that they are where they are, the two number one seeds who often make it, you know, that would be still be my best guess. And the other thing is, you know, does anybody have any doubts at this point about Brock Purdy? I mean, he's been the number one rated quarterback in the league all year long. That's the real thing, you know. And, and when you see the numbers and the stats from various players, not just Justin Fields, to compare them to that, I don't, I don't know what it's based on. Yeah, it's funny because you know I've, 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 I've had these conversations a lot, and somebody's like, "Ah, oh, you take Brock Purdy over Justin Fields." In a heartbeat. It's like, I mean, I don't know. Have you seen the stats? What would I have to pay you to get them? You know, I mean, come right. on. And they're like, oh, it's the talent around them. Okay, that's neat. That's too simple of a of a, of a of a comeback right there. But, I mean, he's playing exceptionally well. All right, so you got San Fran and the Ravens. That's, that would be a great Super Bowl. Who do you, who do you think comes on the top? A lot of talent there uh, on both sides. Um, but, yeah, who do, you, who do you think would be able to execute at a higher level in the Super Bowl? Well... You know, the Ravens have won a Super Bowl more recently, a while ago, 10, 11 years ago. Um, but just looking at the two rosters, and particularly on offense, I just think the 49ers are a bit more talented, you know. Yeah, and especially if they have Christian McCaffrey, who has been practicing after recovering from the calf injury. And when they've had everybody there, 
they they perform at an extremely high level, the San Francisco 49ers do. And I'm, I'm just curious, who do you think, let's say if we go back, who do you think could, could like, be the continue to upset? Like, you think Tampa Bay can be a team with a Baker Mayfield? Like, do you believe in Detroit to win? Do you think Green, or obviously you don't think Green Bay can beat San Fran? Uh, Buffalo, KC, t- tell me about those games and who do you think uh, comes out on top there? Well, I mean, the hardest is Buffalo, KC, because you got the defending champs versus the hottest team in the what playoffs. What a story, right, Buffalo? You know, the fourth, yeah, I mean, where were they six weeks ago? Out of the two games out of the playoffs. Not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> right. Their coach was going to get, you know. It's so unreal. And now they're the hottest team going in, and, and obviously they've had the talent for that all along. Josh Allen has taken much better care of the football the last six, seven weeks. New that's, offensive coordinator, yeah, too. That's been a big part of it. So I think that you have to be interested in, 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 in the Buffalo Bills. But in trying to pick a long shot, there aren't a lot of long shots at this point. You, you know, I mean, there's only eight left, and they've all already won a playoff game, or other than the number one seeds, who are obviously pretty good because they're the number one seeds. Um, I I didn't see enough. It, it, as impressed as I was by the Packers this week, and I couldn't have been more impressed, and Jordan Love, I just don't see them matching up with the 49ers, you know, and so that's why I can't pick them. Um, you know, I look at Houston. And I'm done doubting them because the, the Browns were my lock last week, and you know they 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 torched them. You know I didn't see that one. <laughs> that coming. defense is really good. And 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 you know Houston's defense has improved so much in the second half of the season that if if I have to pick out of the long shots a long shot, I guess it would have to be Houston. And I don't see them with much more luck beating Baltimore than sure. I see the Packers. But. I, I I I think I'm done doubting them after what they did to the Browns because the Browns defense was the real thing. And they didn't even show up. It was know. odd. Yeah, and, and so I think Houston is a team you got to keep an eye on at this point. Yeah, I think Cleveland's defense on the road though was like, or team on the road, they were like three and five or something like that, a sub five hundred record. No one still anticipated that they would, you know, poop the bed that way. But it was. But with all those injuries, would Cleveland have been three and five on the road? I mean, for them to overcome what they overcame, yeah. I'm not saying it was any easier at home than it was on the road. But I think the story of their season still is those injuries more than anything else. What do you think about the, the the playoff format with just one team getting the bye and everybody and getting the extra team in the playoff? You know, I, I think you've seen different iterations yeah, of the playoffs in your mind. So. It's working okay. I, I think you have some, you know, I was, I was just going to say, I think you have some bad teams in the playoffs, worst of which is Tampa Bay. And we saw what they did to Philadelphia, <laughs> but we don't know how right. bad Philadelphia right, is at this right. point. Yeah. I'm fine with the way the playoffs are working right now. Okay. You know, it, it's, I, you have, most of the good teams playing that first weekend too, and, that, and that's the benefit of doing it that way. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think uh, you know you, you might have a bad team slip in, but and then it, it's like the NBA where you where you have you know a lot of teams fighting for the last spot, so it makes it a little bit more interesting in weeks seventeen and eighteen, which is ultimately what the NFL wants. All right, uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish. We are here at nine o'clock with you guys, hanging out. Got a couple people on hold. Phone lines are open. Now we got Alex Coon producing today, uh, so feel free to call in if you have. Anything on your mind, things that we're talking about. But on the other side, uh, there is one team in particular that is rumored um, that they might be interested in, in giving up a first-round pick for Justin Fields. Who's that team? Uh, what what could the Bears uh, be looking at at that position? We'll talk about it on the other side. Again, Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish on 670 The Score. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.